Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Texas, the show about some things Texas. And some things not. We've got a great episode in store for you today, but before we get to any of that, as always, we have to do your favorite segment. And ours. Our not sponsors. Who's our first not sponsor? Tito's and Shiner. Gonna be an all-nighter. Just might find her at the Whataburger line. Dance halls and women. But man, I'm wishing that I was fishing by the river tonight in Texas. Our first not sponsor for today's episode of Texish is Bear Performance Nutrition. Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. Is that a heart rate monitor I see? Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. Are you on steroids, but you pretend like you're just taking Bear Performance Nutrition? Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. Is somebody a hybrid athlete? Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. You're just doing this an excuse to get fat and still run. Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. It's like an Affliction t-shirt if it was supplements. Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. It's basically the rhinestone jeans of supplements. Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. If Ed Hardy and Buckle made a baby and it was supplements, it would be Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. Shaving heads and making you look a little bit bigger since 2016. Bear, Bear Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. Each order of protein powder comes with your very own Bowie knife. Bear, Bear Performance, Performance Nutrition. Nutrition. Sock any carbon fiber shoots not included. <laughs> <laughs> Who's our other not sponsor? Our other not <laughs> link in bio for a discount on your BPM products on my Instagram, by the way. Gunner is an ambassador. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who's our other not sponsor? Our other not sponsor is football. Football. <laughs> it's America's favorite concussive pastime. It's football. football. I think I played, but I don't really remember due to all the concussions. Football. football. Making theater kids kick field goals since 1983. Football. football. Are you a fat, overweight gentleman watching other people perform tasks that you? used to do football. football it's literally gladiators killing each other just in modern times where it's apparently bad to kill each other football it's show tunes for straight dudes it's football, football. it's what a bunch of 40 year old men talk about when they get together even though none of them played past the high school level football, football. hey the guy on the tv can't hear you it's football he's talking to our dad football <laughs> It's football. It's football. <laughs> uh, what uh, what happened one time in Texas history? Once upon a time. Once upon a time. I held that note yeah, because yeah, I had to pull up my phone and look it up. On September 19th, 1961, NASA announced Houston as the site selected for the Manned Spacecraft Center. The location for the new center was 25 miles southeast of downtown Houston on the north shore of Clear Lake. And we've been there. We have been there. Does it say, why did they choose Houston? Was it... So... <laughs> Was it because there was enough space to blow things up and not hit people? Was it? It, it seems to be because like uh, Lyndon B. Johnson was is is ultimately like who it's named after. Uh, Kennedy uh, gave an address to say that's where it would be put. Right. Okay. Um, and as far as I can tell, it was basically they put it in Texas because it was big enough. 
Uh, it was as far as land, as far as landmass goes, right? and yeah. we could get enough money there. Yeah. Like there were enough donors, there was enough like tax incentive. Yeah. Do you think there was also right a, there. a fuel aspect to that? Like maybe. Like there's a lot of energy plants in Houston. I mean, this maybe. was the NASA website, so it wasn't going to tell me exactly <laughs> why. Is is the NASA website as grotesque and old as all other .gov mm-hmm. websites? Like it's actually worse than a really? lot of them. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's why. So it kind of looks like a MySpace front page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even to, it lo- what it looks like Top is astronauts. It looks kind of like if you were going to apply to a job at like a plumbing site. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Now I'm sure that the actual NASA scientists have their own, yeah. you know, private login with mm-hmm. like a slick website because that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, but NASA is also one of the most grossly underfunded administrations in the government. Well, I mean, is that we haven't sent someone to the moon in so long because it costs so much, right? Or do we it, it not? Costs, go, it costs an insane amount of money. Do we not go there because there's nothing to do? It, like once we got there, was it like, oh, from what I understand and all the, the movies I've watched and by the way, I don't understand anything. Uh, we go to the moon to advance like human science, right? Okay. Like they're already pushing for, oh, can we do this? How do we do this? Yeah. And, you know, as you go through these processes of how do you keep a man safe in space, you discover yeah. better ways of like thermoregul, uh, of like clothing that can, mm-hmm. you know, insulate you, right? Yeah. Like Gore-Tex and those things. Like, uh, you know, you discover various ways to dehydrate fu- food. Okay. You, you discover, you know, how to make fuel more efficient. You yeah. Know, all of these little things. Nothing that's absolutely necessary, but nice sure, to do. Sure, but nice to do. And yeah. it, it's, you know, pushes the human, pushes human society forward, I guess, I, I suppose. Of, does it? And it is funny when you go back and you look, because it's like, uh, Kennedy gives this big speech about how mm-hmm. we are going to put we, the first man on the moon. Yeah. Which we ultimately did do. It created, the, yeah. sparked the space race. Wait, I thought Russia did beat us there. They beat us to space. Space, okay. And so they beat us in everything mm-hmm. except getting a man on because the moon. Because steroids won't get you to the moon. <laughs> Correct. Blood doping only works. Blood doping with, only gets you out of the stratosphere, yeah. as it turns out. <laughs> it doesn't actually get you doesn't to the moon. It doesn't actually get you to the moon. Yeah, it gets you a lot of gold uh, medals. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's whenever... Uh, you know, Houston became synonymous with space travel. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. When there's no problem, do they say, Houston, we have no problem? I think they just go, hey, Houston, what's up? What? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Um, How, How's Dorkville down there? <laughs> That's, I, I mean, two things. One, it is weird that we were taught so much about waxing and waning crescents with the mm-hmm. Like, we're taught so much about the moon as kids. Mm-hmm. But the Civil War was not about slavery. Like we learned that in the same classroom. I mean, I don't do. I I don't know what you learned. I I I was taught that it was your teacher like, was different. My teacher must have been a little different. <laughs> she went off script. <laughs> she must have gone off script. Ours was like slavery was involved, but it was mostly about states' rights. See, I remember it being taught like Lincoln and uh, who who wrote um, Uncle Tom's Cabin? Harry Beecher Stowe is that her name? Uh, uh, I can't. I'm not. Gosh, rich. I'm so. I'm gonna get ripped for this. Uh, yeah, let them rip. Anyway, us. so I remember all the talk around that being mm-hmm. basically all of these cultural forces had come to a head, mm-hmm. and basically the North was in a position where they had to make a choice on slavery. And yeah. so, though you know, you can logically look at it and say the war was over states' rights. Mm-hmm. What was that right? It was the right, right for to one specific. It was a very anyway, specific anyway, right. Anyway, my point anyway, is... What, what was your learned, point? My point was I learned a lot more about the moon <laughs> than you did slavery. Than I did slavery. And I think that's a little weird. That's our it's a little weird. With the it's moon a little weird. In a little fairness, weird. the moon is older. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that My is second thing yeah, yeah. was, second you know, we thing. all grow up. I'm going to be an astronaut. Right. Turns out you got to be, a, out you gotta be like an IRS nerd. Like you got to be, you got to be super smart. Yeah. You have to have like five degrees. It's insane. Yeah. I thought it was just, you and have then, to be able to tolerate gravity. My favorite part is that they put all these really smart people in a centrifuge. It's pretty fun. And make them throw up. My favorite part it's is hilarious. they put America's smartest people mm-hmm. in a rocket. In a rocket and it's a ship. 50-50 chance that we don't kill them. Oh, I think it's like... it's. Can't I, we just get someone from 7-Eleven and put them in, in there? In the early days, it was like, you're going to die. It was like, like hey, man. Dude, need, those first five had to know. They had to know. They had to know. Like, they had to be like, this isn't going to work out. They must have been like, you know what? The rest of my life is in shambles. I might as well go down. I mean, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure their thoughts were if this works, not when this Not when this Yeah, yeah. Running a small business is incredibly hard when you have no idea how to market it or brand it clearly. Small business owners, small business operators across the country work so hard to make products and services that they are proud of, but almost always hit a plateau in growth. That's why Creators Collective is here to help. For years, we have helped businesses triple, quadruple, even five times their revenue by creating branding and marketing content that clarifies your brand and drives sales. So if you are at a bottleneck or at a plateau, trying to grow your small business, even stay in business, make sure to visit creatorscollective.us right now. Schedule a call so we can find out what services you need, how we can work with you, and make sure that we can boost your bottom line so that you can grow as a business. Anyway, who's our small title of the week? (laughs) So we actually... I'll tell you right now, it is Rome, Texas. Rome or Rome? Rome. 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 So not the apparel brand. Rome, Texas. Not the the apparel brand. Okay, cool. So Rome, Texas. We had a fan write in and tell us that he loved to listen to the podcast. Aw. And he's a younger man. He's a younger gentleman. He's still in school. And he was like, I I just, uh, I'm from Rome, Texas and love listening to you guys. So So this is not someone we know. No, this is not somebody we know. This is just somebody who found the Instagram page. I will will shout out him, Ethan Tillery. Ethan Ethan Tillery, thank you so much for listening. We are going to talk about your hometown. Send us your address. Rome, Texas. Yeah, we will. Texas. Uh, So it's in Wise County, Texas, population 1,630. Okay, not tiny, but small. You keep saying these are not tiny. That's pretty tiny, man. I mean, it's tiny, but not like... I mean, like what? I mean, it's small. But I'm going to go back to the record and see the last couple that you've looked up and they're all going to be over 10,000. No way. Oh, for sure. The, the, I'm going to check it. The, I'm going to check it. The you know motor what? Home? I'm going to check the receipts. Well, okay. The motorhome one was. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was exactly. Good. That was good. I think was, under a thousand is tiny. Over okay. a thousand is small. Fair enough. Ad- admittedly. It doesn't admittedly, matter. It's small town of the week. I'm just saying the last two that we've done, you've been like, well, that's not small. I'm not saying it's not small. I'm just not saying it's the smallest. <laughs> Tell me more about Rome, Texas. I don't know if I want to now. Fine, don't think. <laughs> Our Texas badass of the week. <laughs> Just walk over this fan's <sighs> town that they submit. Win in Rome. Win in Rome. Do as the Texans do. <laughs> what? What? Tell me about Rome, Texas. So Rome, Texas. Admittedly, there's not a lot about it. Ah, well, uh, yeah, it's got a big memorial park with 12 plaques honoring American service personnel from the wars fought since 1917. Okay, and a Cold War plaque at Veterans Memorial Park, and that seems to be the biggest thing about Rome. And I'm very disappointed that it doesn't have a picture of like a Colosseum. Is there not? I mean, because Paris, Texas why wouldn't you? They have a, a little. They have a like little, a little thing. thing. Is there not a little leaning Mm-mm. tower of? It does not seem so. No. Really? Yeah. I actually kind of appreciate that because those towns. No, really. Because they're just like, you know what? Like Paris, Texas is like, maybe if we put one here, people will think they're in France. Are you kidding me? Like, we know we're not in France. Just chill with this stuff. Um, Or like you give anybody enough drugs. That's true. That's true. Or like towns that are also called New York have like a little Statue of Liberty. And it's like, hey, I mean, they have to. 
do they? I, I, you know what? I respect Rome, Texas for being like, instead of all this kitschy I love stuff, the silent H. The what? The silent H in Rome, Texas. There's a silent Rahome. H. It's oh, R-H. It's Rahome. Rahome. Uh, I wonder if that's from when someone said, like, what should we name this town? The guy was like, Rahome. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, they just like, wrote it. They're like, oh, I'm going to write the R. Yeah, they just, anyway. Awesome. Well, do you want to hear about our Texas Badass of the Week? <laughs> Tell us about our Texas Badass of the Week. It's probably the only time I'll ever do this because I hate basketball. I think it's okay. the dumbest sport ever. I don't get it. <laughs> Why people appreciate it so much? Like, that's really funny. Sh- I just don't. I, I've never understood. Is it because it. you're bad at it? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it is, but it really <laughs> but it might could, be. It's like as soon as like I'm somewhat coordinated, mm-hmm. but as soon as you give me a basketball, of the two, you're the athletic one. So like, yeah. As soon as I have a basketball, it's like I'm the fourth of the three blind mice. Yeah. Like I'm so blind and dumb, I can't even be a part of the three blind mice. It's the <laughs> just weird. no spatial awareness. Dude, it's, it's as soon crazy. as you give me a basketball, I'm like, should I kick it? And as I bad as you are, I'm worse. Yeah. It's and pretty. I, and it was so disappointing because I wanted to be Michael Jordan more than anything. You else. loved Michael Jordan. Loved Space Michael was Jordan. A, it was the. You know anyway. what? I was, maybe it is because I'm not good at it. Maybe. And it seems like everybody I know has a somewhat mm-hmm. decent. Well, admittedly, where we were from, basketball was not the sport. Not the sport. Not the sport at all. Uh, but like, I'm so bad that I actually tried to beat my wife in one on one and she like decimated she, you like completely destroyed, destroyed me. Yeah. So bad. I don't get it. Well, if you your your wife used to play soccer, which if you think about it is basketball for white people and every other country in the world. Anyway, so <laughs> our badass of the week, though, is a pretty famous basketball player. I just looked up yeah. like best basketball players from Texas thinking sure. it was going to be Kevin Durant. But ranked.com, which seems legitimate to me, dude, yeah, ranked Jimmy Butler as the number one basketball player from Texas. Butler was born in Houston on September 14th, 1989. His father abandoned the family when Butler was an infant. By the time he was 13 years old and living in the Houston suburb of Tomball, his mother kicked him out of the house. As Butler remembers it in a 2011 interview, she told him, I don't like the look of you. You got to go. He then bounced between the homes of various friends, staying for a few weeks at a time, moving uh, to another house house to another house. Despite all of this, Butler maintains a close relationship with his parents saying, I don't hold grudges. I still talk to my family, my mom, my father. We love each other. That's wow. never going to change. In a summer basketball league before his senior year at Tumball High School, he was noticed by Jordan Leslie, a freshman football and basketball player at the school who challenged him to a three-point shooting contest. The two immediately became best friends and Butler began staying at Leslie's house. Although his friend's mother and stepfather, who had six other children between them, were reluctant at first, they took him in within a few months. Butler would later say they accepted me into their family and it wasn't because of basketball. She, Michelle Lambert, Leslie's mother, was just very loving. She just did stuff like that. I couldn't believe it as a junior at tumble high school butler averaged 10 points per game as a senior and team captain in 2006 to 2007 butler averaged 20 points and 8.7 rebounds per game and was subsequently voted his team's most valuable player butler was heavily was not heavily recruited out of high school and chose to attend tyler junior college in tyler texas so yeah mad respect to jimmy butler rank.com's number one basketball player from texas of all time He's played for a couple teams. Yeah. Don't know what he's won, but he's good. There you at, go. Rank.com. He is good at basketball, according to according rank. According to rank.com. Yeah. Like, so. And I mean, to me, scoring 20 points a game would be really hard. That'd be scoring one point a game. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> scoring a. So I went my entire, uh, you know, pre like school mm-hmm. sports. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember, like Boys and Girls Club or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Andrews County, Andrews Rec County Rec League. Rec League. Yeah. So that basketball league, I played three years. Yeah, and I scored one. No, I didn't score any points in a game. Oh, really? I, wow. I never scored one point in a game. Mm-hmm. 
ever. So I, that that is the one sport that I went my entire career just like just nothing, nothing. Not a and so I think I think after that last like, hey, you're about to go to school and like you could join the. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, clear, I, I clearly will not be able to play this. I was captain of the seventh grade C team. Yeah, and just to put that in perspective, there's a legitimate A and B team. Yeah, all through middle school, there's the A team, the B team. The C team is all the linemen from football and all the dorks who can't play sports anyway. Right. And me. Is that the only time in your life you've ever been like the worst at something? Uh, yeah. And the thing that I was trying. Right. And we didn't play anybody. The C team just had to go to the basketball, like the other basketball court. Like this, this is how bad I was. We I, were on the carpet basketball court. <laughs> You remember I, those? Yeah, I do. I remember the carpet basketball yeah, those course. Dude, you would like skin your knee. Yeah, you would fall and just like get rash all over your arm. So I don't I, I think you actually went to like the big Bobby Knight clinic at one point. But only because I didn't ask for right, that. Right, right. That's just like what you did. Yeah. Because we were like mom is a, a raider and it, yeah, it's a thing. it was a thing. Uh, and and you're uh, Bobby Knight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do him one day. Dude, I um <laughs> tell, tell you, I got one Bobby Knight well, story then. So I remember going to the high school clinic. So that's yeah. like pre Bobby Knight clinic. Yeah. You got to pass the high school clinic to make sure yeah. that you're, you know, you can actually move on. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, I want to play basketball so bad. And like, I tried so hard. And at one point the coach is just kind of like, took me away from everybody else <laughs> and they were like here you're gonna practice dribbling with two hands for the rest of the <laughs> well, and i just else is yeah doing everybody stuff. else is doing stuff you're just gonna you're just everyone gonna else is moving everybody else they're is like, moving and they're like you need to learn how to bounce the ball right and just bounce the ball <laughs> and i don't think i ever did that's wild yeah i mom went to the raider place texas mm -hmm. tech that's yes the school. that's the school and our, our, my best friend growing up, Hunter from a town over him and his mom and my mom were friends. He yeah. was going to the Bobby Knight basketball. We're eight years old. Yeah. If yeah. that go to the Bobby Knight yeah. clinic, mom decides we should go to so she can hang out in Lubbock. I can hang out with yeah, Hunter. Yeah. Hunter goes on to be six, seven, by right. the way, and amazing at basketball. His choice was basketball at Angelo State or football right. at tech. He chose football, but like, sure, there you go. He was in the right place. Yeah. He was where he was supposed to be. This was the last time I ever played basketball. Uh -huh. but Bobby Knight, <laughs> the clinic starts and all the parents are there. Mm -hmm. But there's a, like the the schedule, I guess, was Bobby Knight's going to address the parents and the parents had to leave. Yeah. Bobby Knight famously cussed a lot and mm -hmm. had a temper. And he's talking. And at one point he says, I promise all you parents, I'm not going to cuss. I, I will be a good influence on your kids. Anyway, have a good day. Parents clear out. As soon as the door shuts, like as soon as all the parents are out, bleep mm -hmm. this out. Bobby Knight looks around and goes, that was a f***ing lie. Get the f*** to work. <laughs> and it's like eight-year-olds yeah. to 15-year-olds yeah. in this class. <laughs> like even, it's even a little aggressive for the 15-year-olds. I mean, yeah. all the eight-year-olds are just like, oh. I mean, I was like, what is that word? Can't even spell basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't even spell the F word at that point. <laughs> so yeah, that's my Bobby Knight story. I like that story. I just love Bobby Knight. Nice. Anyway, um, quick update for everybody. Quick update. Um, we're recording this the week of something pretty big for you. If you want to want to fill the people in. Yeah. So, um, I have my back, my back surgery scheduled for Friday, this Friday, uh, as we're recording. Yeah. And everything should go well. It, it is supposed to be a relatively simple procedure. Uh, I like my surgeon. We've gone back and forth on the best, you know, procedures. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got people coming in to make sure that, uh, I don't get too drugged up, um, and get taken care of, yeah. but. Uh, i.e. mom <laughs> this this very long uh, kind of injury cycle I think is coming to an end yeah. and I am I'm am very excited to uh, 
to not be in pain 24 hours a day. I'm excited that, that would be for that dope. for you um, as well. And it, it's interesting because I'm, I am a little scared. I've never gone under the knife mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Um, I had wisdom teeth out whenever I was, you know, 13 or yeah. whatever, but that's like, they kind of gas you. Yeah. Are you, are you deal. out when that happens? I think it's a, it's not local. You are out, but like, uh-huh. it, I don't think it's quite as extreme. Okay. So like gotcha. for this one, it's going to be some pretty heavy anesthesia. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's an, they're, they're operating early in the morning. I'll come home same day, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, just start the recovery process, which kind of scares me more than the surgery itself. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, as, as we've talked about before, like being physical is kind of part of my identity. Yeah. It's become the way that I process my emotions mm-hmm. and, and how I kind of create community. Yeah. So I will be out of commission completely for mm-hmm. two weeks. And then from then on, it will be very, very slowly building. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're talking like, and we're talking, it could yeah. be six to eight months before you're like, yeah, ready to go. Like, yeah. At neutral? Yeah. Like neutral, you're going to yeah. be getting... I'll be getting back to neutral. Back to neutral. It, it's six weeks. I'm allowed to reassess like where I am physically, potentially go yeah, back to the gym. For maybe. sure. But you should be consulting like a physical therapist. So I'll be going with physical therapy. Like, um, yeah. So the people who've been listening know that I, I got hurt, you know, mm-hmm. it really badly. Yeah. Um, you know, incapacitated. Yeah, you hurt yourself. I hurt myself. Very badly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was trying to kind of like mm-hmm. power through it. Right. Yeah. I was which trying we've to, all tried. I was trying to cowboy up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then at the end of last year, I, it just became something I couldn't ignore anymore. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And that's opened up a lot of room for growth, a lot of, uh, self-examination and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited. Yes. But also fearful. Yeah. What, what is the number one thing you're afraid of? And what is the number one thing that you're excited about other than not being in pain? (laughs) Um, the number one thing I am afraid of isn't even like, you know, they, they walk you through the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like if something goes really wrong, I will be paralyzed. Yeah. That's the, the like, but that's worst like thing point oh 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 one. And then there's the other little things like, you know, you could get MRSA, you could get a, you know, you're, what is infe- MRSA? it's like a, it's an infection. Okay. Um, you, you know, things, things could go badly that way. Like yeah. you, your spinal fluid could leak. Like mm-hmm. there, there are other risks involved, but for whatever reason, I'm just not that worried about it. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, what I'm worried about the most is that it just doesn't work. Yeah. And that, you know, I get the surgery and it doesn't fix it, Mm. you know? So that's my biggest worry is that Mm -hmm. after all of this, after, after going through it, after making lifestyle changes to accommodate Mm this, um, you know, making job changes that I'm still in pain. Yeah. So that's my biggest worry. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing I'm most excited about is for the first time in my life, I will be forced Mm -hmm. to step away from the thing that I've used to kind of define my life in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. both good and bad. Right. You know, um, I think I probably stepped in the gym for the first time when I was like 12. Yeah. Well, that was like our part of our rites of passage. Part of the rites of passage. Yeah. Dad dad works out mm -hmm. a lot. He, he set a good, healthy example. Yeah. Um, And I mean, he built a gym in in our home next Uh, to their bedroom in, in our house. And like, the uh, thing, it was a real thing of like, you weren't allowed yeah. in the gym until you were 12. Until you were 12. But then on your 12th birthday, he was, that was like, like, all right, let's work out. Bring you in the gym and show you like simple lifts to do. So that's yeah. pro- like, that's when you started lifting. That's when right? I started lifting. Yeah. And I, I really did just kind of fall in love with that process of zoning out, like putting everything else in your life away mm-hmm. and focusing inward, really, really being in your body. That was the first time I really think I ever felt 
like I was part of myself. Yeah. And that's a weird way to say that, mm-hmm. but you spend so much time just kind of like flying around doing this, doing that, not really thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. what your body's doing. Yeah. And I really remember being able to, to center in mm-hmm. and then you add in like spending time with dad. Yeah. Which is, you know, the mm-hmm. ultimate goal anyway, yeah. especially at that age. Yeah. Um, and you're doing this thing that's like special and, and mm-hmm. like cool. Um, and man, like, I, I don't know about you, but I always wanted to be big and strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean like dad, especially back then was a bigger, yeah, like yeah. muscular guy. Absolutely. And then, I mean, I remember you got muscular really quick. So really quick. Yeah. You want to be muscular, which I actually, I didn't like lifting weights until no, I was yeah. like a freshman in college. Yeah. So yeah. like I didn't fall in love with it. The but way you, you did. unlike me, like I, I was looking back and I, I never liked sports. Like I was never, yeah, I, I was sports. never drawn to yeah. that. I um, like sports. And yeah. Yeah. Okay, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was also, I was also never good at sports. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you were uh, very good at football, but, but, uh, what I liked the most about football was the weight room. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that was where I excelled yeah. is, you know, whatever it is about me is, and like, I can take the pain. I can mm-hmm. like, I enjoy that masochistic a- aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. I want, I want to lift more weight. I want to yeah. run faster. I want to push my body to those limits. Yeah. So that was a really good way to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> right up until it wasn't. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Everything going in, I'm, I'm just like, I'm in this place of, I know that I'm going to, to lose some of what I built mm-hmm. and I am terrified of that. And do you think, are you going to view it as, is this an opportunity for renovation? Like I'm same foundation, like when you renovate a house, same foundation, but we're going to go in and like yeah. enhance the guts of it and yeah. repaint some things and, and make make some new adjustments that modernize it or yeah. is it like a blank slate like get rid of the old painting it's a blank thing we're starting from yeah. scratch like which one do you think it's going to be i'm curious to see mm-hmm. because i think it's going to depend a little bit on on the mental and emotional journey as well yeah um i may come out of this and be like i'm never going to touch a weight again yeah um you're gonna I be the mobility <laughs> lord no mr mobility <laughs> <laughs> i'll let bray take care of that um at at uh, knees over bros at knees over bros uh what i am excited about is because i will be in that position of Mm -hmm. like bro you can't touch a weight yeah you're not allowed yeah um and if i want my back to truly heal and ever ever go back to like healthy and strong Mm -hmm. i will have to rebuild my foundation yeah so to answer your question i I think i am going to go in and try and at least bolster it like go into the go into the basement and take everything out Mm -hmm. and just be like completely clean slate mm-hmm. what it, what am i lacking where, yeah. where am i immobile what am i what am i doing that is blocking you know that's causing these types of things mm-hmm. because i you know i injured my back in december of 2021 yeah so for a year i was just trying to like throw everything at it and mm-hmm. fix it and, and nothing really did so yeah. i i think that this is an opportunity to for my body like mm-hmm. return back to baseline yeah get back in touch with how it moves, like what's mm-hmm. going on and fix some bad patterns. Yeah. Heck yeah. And I think that, you know, I was listening to something, somebody was talking about how, you know, you can't, you can't fix an internal problem with an external solution. You can't think your way out of an emotional problem. Yeah. And, you know, recent events have revealed to me at least that I have a lot of emotional shit that I have mm-hmm. not siphoned through. Yeah. Rather than, 
process it, I have buried it. Yeah. And I think this is a really good opportunity to reflect and mm-hmm. try and feel my way through some of these things. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> whenever, whenever they, you know, you're getting ready for the surgery, they give you a lot of calls and they're like, Hey, um, so just so you know, you are allowed to walk and stand, walk and lay down. You can't sit. Yeah. And you can't lift weights. Um, and you can't do anything intense for, for like two weeks. And then after two weeks, you get to like walk more, but still no like yeah. exercise. And then after six weeks, you can kind of re reestablish. So I, th- I see a lot of meditation in my future. Fair. Yeah. Fair. You know, <laughs> really like learning how yeah. to actually do it. I, do you think you're going to have to budget for some days that you're just like, screw everything. This sucks. I need to mo- like, I just don't think anyone's 10 for 10 when it, when it comes oh, to, I'm gonna, if, if I'm aiming for like, I'm aiming for like half. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, but that's realistic. I feel <laughs> yeah. like so many people in your situation, like just in, yeah. in situations where, you know, bad is coming, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's about to be hard. Cause there's yeah. sometimes where you don't, see you have no idea coming. when you see hard coming, people tend to be like, well, I'm going to handle it. And I think they start to yeah. believe they're just going to go 10 for 10 on, like, I feel like you have to budget like once a week. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be mad. I'm yeah. just going to not meditate. I'm, yeah. I'm going to complain. And it's yeah. I am. I'm life. allowing myself a little bit of not self-pity, but, but very <laughs> like you're saying, like, I'm going to let myself be yeah. angry. Back back to feeling your emotions. Yeah. You know, it's going to when it comes up, I'm going to let it happen. Yeah. And the things the things I'm going to have to do that are, that are hard are asking for help mm-hmm. and then letting people help. Yeah. That's going to be so hard. Yeah. Well, good thing mom will be here because she'll just make you <laughs> let her help. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll help where I can as I know well. You. Yeah. I'm um, so, so I'm excited to get and take care of. We did also want to touch on. Yeah. In our last episode with Ali Vershevich. Uh, <laughs> Allison Vodovich. Ali, we love you so much. Ali, whoa. Yeah. Um, her, her past with, with eating disorder came yeah. up and, and we were both honest about like our own struggles with body dysmorphia, with anorexia and, and whatever. And we yeah. wanted to take a little bit of time just to sort of also dive into yeah our own struggles, our, our, our own struggles, but like the, the, and the cultural component of it and like the uh, male specific, yeah. like body dysmorphic stuff. And so. What about, because growing up, I perceived you as like incredibly strong, mm-hmm. incredibly ripped. Like I very much, especially as the chubbier brother, like I <laughs> viewed you as like Seth is what being healthy and strong sure. and fit looks like. But meanwhile, you meanwhile, were having your own, like I, I just thought yeah. Seth has every reason to be confident in the way he looks because he yeah. looks amazing. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> and there was definitely a turning point because I, w- I would even say up through freshman year of high school. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. healthy and strong. Yeah. And Emily I, and Melton was like, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> I will, I'll even like, I'll try and find like and a Brent picture Wilson of like my like, freshman nom, nom, high nom, school, nom, nom. my, my high school fre- freshman picture. Like, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll find my high school freshman picture. And then like the following year. Yeah. Just so y'all can see like what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really did want to be healthy. Yeah. And it started kind of as that is mm-hmm. I just, I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. I want to, yeah. I I had it in my head already that I wanted to be like an actor and yeah. I wanted to like look good. Mm-hmm. And that was the things I was seeing and reading, you know, men's health magazines and, and these things you, you as a younger person are seeing fully grown men and yeah. what that like looks 30 like. 30 year old men. As well as men who are potentially using steroids. Substance and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what your goal is. Yeah. That's kind of where you're aiming. Yeah. And 
as your, a, your eyes are being put on a very specific look. Right. So again, what was started is like a healthy habit became yeah. obsession. Yeah. And well, you would also started cooking too, I, and you were really good at it. So there were a couple things happening in yeah. tandem. Um, this is where I am going to protect some people, but yeah. there, there were things happening that were causing me a lot of stress, mm-hmm. let's say. And I felt, I felt completely out of control of my life. I mm-hmm. felt like I couldn't be the person I was supposed to be. I felt like I didn't have any choice in, in what was happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what my future was going to look like. And I didn't really want it. I mm-hmm. didn't want the one that, that looked like I didn't have a choice in Yeah, as well as I, I couldn't control these very important things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt so abandoned and lost and, you know, by, by God, by the world, by everybody. And the only thing I could control was, was my food. Yeah. And, and working out because like this thing happens where working out is your release, Mm -hmm. but then it starts controlling you Mm -hmm. and your food gives you that dope. Like we were talking about with Alice and you get this dopamine hit and it Mm -hmm. becomes your reward system. Yeah. And I started this really unhealthy cycle of food restriction. Mm Mm-hmm. Only certain foods were safe. I could yeah. only eat a certain amount of those foods. Mm-hmm. And for a while, it really was just this anorexia nervosa where I was over, I was over exercising and under eating. Yeah. Eventually that got bad enough. And I, I started to turn the corner that a lot of people turn where that obsession turns into this set, like negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember always disliking my body and mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's funny to hear you say that that you looked at me as like every you know, yeah, confident. Still do, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, it, you know, it's a process. I'm growing. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. But I remember never feeling good enough mm-hmm. and always thinking that um, I didn't deserve anything. Yeah. And so what started happening is I started looking in the mirror and saying, you don't deserve to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't deserve to live. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just disappear? Mm-hmm. And I remember getting in this really weird cycle uh, where I, I would like, I would go days without eating. Yeah. And well, what was weird was I was the only one who knew. And I think mom and dad recognized it. They just didn't know. Like they would ask if I was okay and I would lie. Yeah. Because I was, you know I was scared. Parents. You know, <laughs> you know how, how the people who love you, you, you just push them away yeah. and won't let them help you. Yeah. Uh, that's what I did. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I would push away food for so long that I got to a point where I would break mm-hmm. and I would eat everything I could as fast as I could. Yeah, because you were starving. Because I was starving. And then I would throw up. Yeah. And I would make myself throw up because I didn't deserve it. And I, I didn't deserve to to have nutrition. I didn't deserve to be on this planet. I didn't deserve to be human. I didn't deserve to have needs yeah. or, or feel feelings. And I would... <laughs> Like Allison was saying, I would, I would throw up so violently that I would break blood vessels in my eyes Yeah, and have to lie about, you know, what, what happened. Um, so I look back at at that kid and I'm just, I'm so heartbroken for him. Mm -hmm. Um, the good that came of that Mm -hmm. is my, you know, food saved me. In mm-hmm. a way, I started yeah. watching Food Network. Mm-hmm. I started learning about nutrition. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain, like Anthony Bourdain, became a big Bourdain hero of mine. Mm-hmm. And that that alternate view of reality, where this thing wasn't a reward, it mm-hmm. was it was it was this beautiful 
thread that tied all of humanity together. And mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I went through that thing that a lot of us go through who, who have like an anorexic mindset or, mm-hmm. or, or go bulimic. We don't want people to touch us. Yeah. We're so uncomfortable in our skin. I was so uncomfortable in my yeah. skin. I can't speak for other people, but I was so uncomfortable with who I was. I didn't want anybody to touch me. Yeah. Cause I, I felt like I, I, it just made me like jump out of, out yeah. of my body. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew that if they touched me, they could tell like how frail I was. Yeah. So the only way I could show affection was by making food for somebody. Yeah. And I remember that like, I had this thought that like, even if, even if this kills me, I can save somebody. Yeah. And I can, I can tell you that I love you, even if I don't love myself. Love you, baby. So, um, so I learned how to cook and taught, taught yourself how to taught cook. myself how to cook. Uh, and thank God, <laughs> thank God our parents let me bang around in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like mom's a good cook. Mom's a good cook, man. And loves, She's a really good cook and loves to cook, but I, she just let me the first time you made a meal for us. It was supposed to be the special. Well, it was a special thing, but it, yeah. it was clearly supposed to be a Seth cooked a meal for us. And then the next day you made another meal. And yeah. then it, it went from this like special occasion to Seth is just who cooks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, dude, when you left for college, it was weird. Like, it, I mean, not that the food got worse. Well, yeah. got, <laughs> I mean, it got it different. Changed. It changed. <laughs> I mean, um, we, but like you would make us like creative. Yeah. Not Michelin because that stuff's BS, but like. Crea- yeah, I would try new things. Creative, and, yeah. crafted, like scratch kitchen yeah. meals every single night. Yeah. And it, and it was very, From very delicious and it was amazing. Um, do you remember the time that I tried to make tomato soup? Well, that was the first this time you like, cooked. Yeah, that was like early on. I still have the scars yeah, to prove it. Yeah. I was trying to make this tomato soup and um, it required blending it up and I yeah. didn't have an immersion blender. Mm-hmm. So you, you put it in the blender, which is a thing you can do. Yeah. What I didn't know and now do is that you take the top off and use a towel so that the steam doesn't blow the top off. Yeah. Didn't know that. So I put this scorching hot tomato soup yeah. in the blender, press go and just... This red hot magma Mm -hmm. explodes all over the kitchen and me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is supposed to be special. Like I, (laughs) I'm, I feel so bad and it's all over me and I don't notice. So I'm, I'm just like frantically cleaning the cabinet. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And I take my shirt off and I've got this like giant blister on my shoulder oils on your shoulder. And I've got like a blister on my face. And, uh, (laughs) the best part of that is that we were going to camp the next week. Like in, and so like in the summer summer where the main activity is like swimming. Yeah. And they're being awesome. And they were like, Hey, don't swim because you will get infected. Yeah. And, and so I was like, great. <laughs> I'm going to read a book. I'm, I'm just going to read a book. Yeah. My skinny ass is just going to uh, read a book. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So any, any questions that come from that? I know that was um, a weird little dive there. No, I, I'd love that dive. And yeah. I mean, you know, I know all this stuff. I know. I, know I, I still love diving uh, into it with you. And we, I feel like we both, when Allie talked, talked yeah. on that episode, all three of us were like, we should talk about this because well, I, this is talked about enough, but you and I had a moment of like, this actually could be helpful for somebody. This is helpful for somebody and the conversation about body dysmorphia yeah. and workout addiction yeah. and, and food disorders mm-hmm. is often talked about with women or people who identify sure. women, women yeah, girls. Um, <laughs> And, and I get that because yeah, it is a it major, is, well, it is more common. The relationship um, with body and food and women is, is oftentimes disordered or right that that's, it's common to talk about that for that to be a problem among guys and among yeah. men. It's still happening, but it's almost like 
We're just not going to talk We're about just not gonna it. We're not going to talk about it. And you're, you're judged much, much more yeah. harshly. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like I... I don't know what would happen if I, if any of my, you know, high school friends would have known what was going on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then, I mean, they would have made fun of you. They would have made like, fun of me, right? Um, if one, because I think, especially when we're younger, it's, yeah. like, it's viewed as we, like you're viewed as weak right. if you're insecure about your body mm-hmm. as a guy. Like, yeah, it's all braggadocio and like, yeah. I'm strong, I'm big, mm-hmm. all these things. Yeah. Anything other than cocky is just like insecure and weak. I'm honest, yeah, honestly, yeah, um, yeah. And I was never that guy anyway. Yeah. So it was, already like I, yeah. I was already set up to mm-hmm. be made fun of what like, I think I think culturally you know we're culturally like our parents never said no one ever says this but I do right. think culturally it's almost told told to us eating disorders are for women yeah so then we get like when a guy gets disordered eating or starts right. to develop a really unhealthy relationship with food they don't know who to talk to or, no. or they start to almost think it's not a problem because it's a girl, it's a girl problem, not mm-hmm. a guy problem. But and I, so then you feel like you're not allowed to have it. Yeah. So you hide it. So you hide it, which makes you it create more worse shame. as with any, yeah. with any addiction or problem. When you hide it, it doesn't get better. It, it just gets worse. And I think there is a level of body dysmorphia in the male community, regardless, like our, mm-hmm. he, our superheroes, right? Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be Batman. I, yeah. You know, like uh, we look at sports people, athletes. Yeah. These are the people we idolize yeah. and look up to. Well, and it's the people that a lot of women idolize. Right. We, you know, back to the, it's just a difference. I don't think it's a problem, no, but it's a difference. It is a difference. As, as men, culturally, we're yeah. raised, all women are beautiful. Tell them they're like, and, and they right. are. I mean, women are beautiful. And that's how we were raised. As men, we're raised with this like, Oh my gosh, look at George Clooney. He's so hot. Or, oh my gosh, right. look at this, this one person. He's hot. And like, if you don't have, if you aren't over six feet tall, if yeah. you don't have a chisel jawline, if, if you don't have, have a full six, head of hair, if you don't, you don't have, have a six, six pack, pack. Yeah. If your shirt doesn't fit perfectly. Yeah. You're not, it's, it's like with guys, we're culturally told like you're either yeah. top 1% hot or you're nothing. It's and that's, like, yeah, that, that's really unfortunate. And so, so then you've got all these guys that are trying to attain a physical form. Right. That's pretty much unattainable unless you're on steroids, visiting a doctor, and don't have a job. Yeah. That's why like, we get so angry at at the people who do use steroids and yeah. lie about it mm-hmm. is is you are setting an unrealistic, unattainable yeah. example. Mm-hmm. And that's okay if you're honest about it. Like yeah. nobody looks at a bodybuilder and goes, Well, yeah, that. Obviously, yeah. I can get well, there. And again, most women are like, gross. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> bodybuilders are for dudes. Bodybuilders are for dudes. Yeah. Bodybuilders, bodybuilders are for themselves. <laughs> and that community. And, and you know what? They're, I, I'm not going to like knock them. That's like they, that's their pursuit. They like yeah. that. That's what mm-hmm. makes them happy. That's awesome. But it does cause problems. And a so like, I, I'm curious as somebody who developed a disordered eating pattern who mm-hmm. has who who did and still has like some pretty intense body image issues mm-hmm. talking to somebody with a relatively normal perspective. What is your take on this? Well, my take part of the reason I want to dive into it is like, I, I also think guys listening will think, well, like I didn't have as extreme of a, of a yeah. period of time as Seth did, but like I've had my, like in high school and then, I mean, it's, Please, I'm about to say some please, stuff. Please, please. None of this is your fault. Yeah, yeah. And I know you know that, but I need you to hear me say it. Mm-hmm. While this was happening with you, my friend's sisters, older sisters, mm-hmm. were telling me how hot you were. And then the heroin look was really in. <laughs> well, but, dude, you were a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. Like was all again. 
it's kind of, I remember a friend telling me everyone's fighting a battle you don't know about, you know, mm -hmm. all that's happening internally. You're looking in the mirror and saying yeah. those things. Right. Like I, I can't even recognize yeah. that that could be a, a reality because yeah. I'm stuck in this well, like, cause that was reality too. Right. But like all of my friends, yeah. older sisters were taught, were telling me how hot my brother was. Right. And I'm, you know, 10 years old. Right. So growing up with that, my, my first real homecoming date, mm -hmm. she sh who shall not be named within the, like, you know, homecoming, you mm -hmm. give the garter, then you meet at the game, you sit at the game together, hold hands, whatever. Yeah, I'm okay. in sixth grade. She was in eighth grade. So in my head, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm doing great. Nailing it. Um, a few minutes in the game, she felt it was appropriate to tell me that she wished she was with my brother, not me. And she spent the whole game looking at you in oh, the high school man. section. I'm so sorry. Dude, that's not your fault. I'm like, still I don't care about any of this, but as I'm in a formulating age period, yeah. it definitely formed in me like I have to look like my brother mm -hmm. for girls to like me. Luckily, we're late. Not, not to like myself, but literally like it did start to form like my brother's the hot one. I'm mm -hmm. the... Uh, like, cause then I'm also going to class in classes where you had teachers yeah. and being told how smart you were. Right. So, so it's like with girls, I'm not my brother with teachers. I'm not my brother. So I'm growing up with this very like, okay, I'm not good looking like my brother. I'm not smart like my brother. So I guess I'm good at baseball and funny. Like, mm -hmm. so I started to double down on those things, like being the class clown and yeah, not caring about school because Seth is good at school. So, but in the, the body image realm, like I was always a little bit tubbier. Like mm -hmm. I just always had more body fat on me. But as I got older, some weird body dysmorphia started happening where like, I would legit think I had two chins. Mm -hmm. Like I would feel like there was a double chin. Like my right. neck was bigger or I'd be driving and I'd be like grabbing my, my stomach, like yeah. pinching my belly fat. Cause I thought it was like oozing over dude. I, so. my belt or like my, like I would wear pants and I would like, I would sit with my arms crossed like this. Cause I thought that my stomach was like, I, uh, poke, and that's a minor, like these are all minor things. Right. But <laughs> I, to, to like, to, to your point, yeah. I, I hated my face, yeah. specifically my cheeks. Yeah. And so I would suck my cheeks in and bite mm -hmm. them like yeah. on the inside. So mm -hmm. it didn't look like I had a baby face. Yeah. I, I because, because some girl <laughs> in like freshman turned around and was like, man, your face is weird. Like most people have like cheekbones and you just have just like a big old cheek. Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I'm not going to say it, but I remember. Yeah. Who, and it wasn't said like meanly. No, it was an I, observation. It was an observation. Yeah. And I was like, well, f yeah, um, like, okay, I guess all right. I'll change so it, that. And dude, like the pinch in the stomach fat. Yeah, like, like, I, and I still do that. I this, still do it. To this day, yeah. like I'll be driving and I find myself like pinching that. And so I tell that to like, I, there's a there's a right. spectrum. There's here. a spectrum here. Uh -huh. There there are guys that are like seriously struggling, like, yeah. so, like with some similar right. stuff that you've had. But then there's like the... There's a like, comparison thing. A, a comparison thing. And, yeah. and then I senior year of high school, yeah. I started like doing CrossFit by myself. Yeah. Starving myself because yeah. I wanted to have a, I wanted to have a six pack. I remember. I remember I whenever to, you shifted. I wanted to go to college because mm -hmm. yeah, I had never been a lift weights guy. Like I didn't no. like working out very much. No, you started doing P90X <laughs> and like CrossFit stuff. Yeah, I would do, I would do, <laughs> I would do Sean T cardio, yeah, Sean T. Abs. cardio abs. Yeah. Yeah. Every morning. Yeah. Every morning, yeah. senior year. 
Um, and then I would do P90X yoga three times a week. And I was mm-hmm. doing CrossFit workouts without a coach with, right. You know, you were just pulling wads just off, pulling the wads off the internet yeah. and like doing those twice a day, like serious, like and all I wanted was a six pack because yeah. at, that's the thing. That was the That's thing. The thing. Every every yeah, yeah. every guy that a girl says is hot has a, it was just you know bare minimum has a six pack. Right. Much less is also over six, six feet tall. Right. I was also because senior year I went on a date with a girl in college mm-hmm. in, in Lubbock, and it was a blast. see. I don't know about you guys, but all I'm hearing is Gunner continuously outbatting his coverage. Well, I'm uh, married to a very hot <laughs> so I am. But like. Blind date. She yeah, only yeah. saw a picture of me. Okay, yeah. When and this was uh, first semester senior year of high school. Yeah. When I went to pick her up with our friends, the first words out of her mouth were, "You're shorter than I thought you were." I've had and that. then she proceeded to only talk to other guys at this party that were yeah. over six feet tall. It didn't help that we were at a Texas Tech football player party. Right. But like that can it doubles down on like clearly I will never be good enough or like good right. looking enough unless I look like my brother unless I have a six pack. Yeah. So it created this unhealthy relationship with my body as mm-hmm. far as like I'm trying to get a thing that if I just read objectively is actually pretty hard to attain. Mm-hmm. It like it does take kind of a right mix yeah. of genetics of diet that works for you of yeah. all these things. And so like I spent a lot of like my later teenage years and early twenties, like yearning for a six pack. Like I just wanted a six pack. Yeah. And, and never like, I wasn't comfortable with my shirt off. I wasn't Mm -hmm. comfortable working out in front of other people. Like I wasn't really comfortable around girls either. Cause it was just like, yeah, I'm not Chris Evans. I'm not, I'm not any of the Chris. (laughs) It's and it is interesting to hear the, the not comfortable around girls part because from the other side, right? Yeah. Everybody lives in their own reality. Mm-hmm. You, you are in one. Like that is your yeah. your subjected mm-hmm. reality is what all you the things I just said are shaped true. My perspective and reality. shape your perspective. Yeah. And that's like your experience is absolutely true. Yeah, and it, it is. But it is funny to look at a different perspective because from the outside, mm-hmm. right? I wished I was you. Yeah, <laughs> you you were popular. You were funny as hell. You seemed happy. Like you were athletic. Every single coach I ever had, ever would look at me and say, I just can't wait to get your brother. He's so athletic. And it was almost always after I like fumbled the ball. We really shouldn't have gone to a small school. Like honestly, small yeah. school this doesn't uh, happen. <laughs> I remember one coach looked at me and goes, Man, I wish you were your brother. Wow. Yeah. Well, multiple teachers and theater teachers told oh. me that. So Miss hey, Miss, <laughs> Miss S, I won't use her name. Sure, sure. Miss S. Miss S. Sophomore year. So you saw me do I wanted to act like you. I thought like you being an actor was the coolest thing ever. It's my favorite thing. And I love yeah. sports too. Like I would have done just as many sports. Yeah, yeah. But um freshman year I did fall play because mm-hmm. small school you had the fall yeah, play. Fall play and I could act. never do one act because of baseball. Right. So fall play. Um and you did uh that was I, I played flute you, oh and uh and it was so much fun. Cause, yeah, because I you're I was playing an actor in a play yeah. and then I played an actor that got cast as a girl. Yeah. So like I was cross-dressing before TikTok made it cool. Right. Um, and it was a hit. It was so much. And I By the loved way, it. Gunner is a fantastic actor. I've seen him act several times. He is better than me by far. I, that's not true. I'm fantastic at playing a, an abbreviated version of myself. That's, um, that's not acting. I that's, mean, I'm good at performing. There you go. You're good at acting. Fair. I'll give you that. There you go. Thank you. Um, but the next year, and like that was a pretty big part. Yeah, and I was really part, excited yeah. to like Absolutely. have a bigger part, mm-hmm. like move up the ranks like up the you ranks. do. 
the next year I got like a crappy part mm-hmm. and like I kind of was I was butthurt. I was yeah, like, yeah. I thought that this kind of built on like like I thought we like I had kind of a proving time. And that's that's a mind F because like you go into it and you're like, well, I proved myself. So now I get I get the thing. Yeah. And unfortunately in acting, that's not how it works. For sure. No, like 100 percent. What I was told when I because I just asked like, right. why did I get and maybe I shouldn't have asked. Sure. But I was just curious, like, yeah. why did I get this part versus maybe some of these other parts? Right. And Miss S looked at me and said, because you're not your brother. Whoa. And then I quit theater. Wow. I would have too. And honestly, honestly I quit because I've been told like, my whole life like, by girls, you're not your brother. Yeah. By teachers, you're not your brother. Well, and again, on, on the outside, keep. I never dated. Like, I, I had like one or two little <laughs> flings, but I, I, I still don't think I'm very good with women. You and you always, with- you always had a girlfriend or like, we're always dating. You never had any girl trouble com- at all. My false confidence made me look better <laughs> than I actually am. Again, out from the outside. outside in, in. It didn't anyway. seem like you had any problems there. And you I always, dealing with I was some, always envious of that. When you were in the dating around age, you were right. dealing with some shit. So very true. Anyway. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to date a hundred pound weakling. <laughs> yeah. Even to this day. Yeah. Um, but that, we're talking about all this. We're talking about all this. Clearly, I believe, especially yeah. the gym we go to. Yeah, the gym we go to. If we took, ev- if we said every single guy in here right mm-hmm. now, at least, and that was probably at any With given moment. With few exceptions. 15 guys would come outside. And I would just ask, yeah. how many of y'all are insecure about your body? Everybody, every single Every single guy. Raise raise hand. But that's weird. And like, of those 15, 10 of them would be ripped to shreds. Like, are strong, ripped to ripped, shreds. Like, strong, yeah, yeah. like. Have good jobs. Have good jobs. The gym we go to is like a gym of Spartan warriors. Yeah. It's it actually really pretty insane. Um, but um, I think any, go to any gym. Ask, right, any, ask guy, any guy. Do you like your body? Right. Do you, do you treat your body well? Because yeah. are, are you kind to your body? Because clearly what happens with men and women, yeah. when we don't like our bodies, mm-hmm. we actually don't treat it well. No. When, when people don't like their body, they starve themselves. Mm-hmm. They get into a cycle of gluttonous eating and then purging. They you, yeah. fall, you fall into some sort of disordered eating or you're so uncomfortable in your own body that people can't touch you. Mm-hmm. And you've experienced it to not be touched or want to be touched by another person is so lonely. Like, and the, it's so weird. The the joy you can get from an intimate, like warm touch from another person and imagining like that's actually the worst thing. Like someone touching you is the worst thing you can think of because you hate yourself. It's like fire. Uh, it's so it's so weird. So if you're a dude, if you're a dude. if you're a woman as well, but yeah. we, did, we did that call out last episode. If you're a guy like do what you need to do to appreciate your body. If you are a man and you are struggling with body image and you are finding it hard to be kind to yourself and give your body what it needs. And sometimes that is tough love. Sometimes that is being honest Mm -hmm. and saying, I could probably eat less cake or drink fewer beers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's saying I could probably eat more cake. Like sometimes that's saying I should probably not work out today. And Uh, that's really hard. So, if you're a dude and you're struggling with things like this, it's okay. We do too. We we see uh, you. Um, we know we love it, you. We know what it feels like. We know what it feels like. And if you want to have a conversation, we're always here. Um, Seth will always respond to Texas Instagrams. I will always give my input if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I've been blocked off the Instagram page because um, I forget the password every time. I, that's not that's not true at all. That is a lie. I I've offered to give you the password. You haven't given me the password. You keep saying you don't want it because you delete Instagram off your phone and use it as a well. Then send me the password so okay, we can argue cool. about this. I would love it. And you're also beautiful. Thank and you. you have every reason to appreciate your body. Gunner, you are. Like don't over man. compliment me. Like, don't just <laughs> if you're gonna give me a compliment, equal what I just said. Don't okay. don't one up me. All right, you are a handsome man. 
and your body is capable of amazing things as proven by as proven by your 100 mile race. Marine number three, baby. Marine number three. Call you got to you got to love a callback. <sighs> Bye, Bye y'all. y'all.